0: to the JKR podcast. My name is Jay Shrigling and I'm the host. It's a very special episode here today as we got episode number 100 here on the JKR podcast. It's been a great journey so far. I want to thank all of you guys for being a part of this journey, uh, supporting the podcast. I mean, we're just going to continue to grow. Got a bunch of great stuff coming up here, but let's dig into who the special guest is here today for episode number 100. No one better. We got my guy, 260 native, IU baseball commit for the 2024 class. We got Braden Thomas on the show. It's going to be episode number one of four this weekend. So we're starting here on Thursday instead of Friday like normal. Uh, so we got four guys here. We are starting the Indiana Bulls interview series. It's going to last about three weeks, it's got about 10, 11, 12, maybe 12 guys coming on the show. Super pumped for it. I'm hoping you guys enjoy it just as much as I did interviewing these guys. Brayden, he's a great kid, just got back from the area code games, so I'm pumped to dig into his, his career. Uh, today we discussed a little bit about the Indiana Bulls, we talked about his recruiting process, per- dig into his personal scouting report and like his pitching repertoire, just dig into his entire career so far. So I enjoyed it, hope you guys enjoy it as well, and let's dig into it. And welcome back to the JKR podcast. Today we have the number three player in Indiana for the 2024 class. We got Indiana baseball commit, Bishop Dwinger pitcher. We got Braden Thomas on the show. Braden, it's been a long time coming. Super pumped to get you on the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you
0: for having me on the show. Of course. So one question I always like to ask everybody as soon as they come on the podcast is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Braden Thomas?
1: All right. So, like you said, my name is Brayton Thomas, um, left handed pitcher. Um, I would say I'm a very hardworking kid, um, very competitive at everything I do, and follower of Christ. Okay. There we go. So, let's just, I, like,
0: obviously, like I said, you're Indiana baseball commit. So, let's kind of dig into how that all got started. So, when did that recruiting process start for you? And when did you start getting noticed by some D1 teams?
1: Gotcha. So, I would say it was about my 15 U, 15 U end of the season end of bowl season. So end of the summer, um, I had my high school coach helping me, um, coach Steve Devine. He was, he was really active with me just making lists of, um, teams that I would potentially want to go colleges that I would want to go to. Um, and then, so I would reach out, do some questionnaires, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that was the way I needed to go about it. Um, at the, at the end of it, um, it was more, It was more just getting, getting seen and playing in front of all these coaches at these higher tournaments. So I would say 15U, end of the season with the Bulls. Um, I started um, calling some coaches and they started um, talking with me. It was more mid-major at the time, like Butler and Xavier and Wichita State. But, um, and then, so then after that, I went to futures, my 15, future games, my 15U um, season. And that was really cool. That was in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I was playing with the 15s and 16s, so I was one of the younger ones. Um, and then after that, after that event, it really took off.
0: Yeah. So when you were, what was was it? Coach Devine, you said.
1: Yeah, Coach Divine.
0: Okay. So when you guys were making that list and you were kind of reaching out to some schools and doing some questionnaires, who were some of those schools on the list? Was it like schools all over the country? Was it Midwest yeah. schools? No. So
1: it was. It was more like Virginia Tech, Virginia. Ball State, Indiana, um, Clemson—just some of my like bigger schools that I would I would I pictured myself at. Um, I don't know if they if my high school really thought thought as me thought of me as um, big D1. You know what I mean? Like you can go play with the best of them, but um, I, that's what I was shooting for. You know what I mean? So yeah.
0: So during that 15 year summer when it kind of started ramping up for you. Who were some of those schools that were reaching? Well, that you kind of had to reach out to, and who? What were some of those initial conversations like with some of those coaches?
1: Right. So the I, I didn't really get too deep into into the coach or talking with the coaches. My fifteen year old season, it was more of getting to know you with Butler and Xavier and Wichita State. It was just like, how are you doing? What are you doing? Um, how's How's everything going with the Bulls? How's your high school going? You know what I mean? Just those initial contacts contact. you know what i mean so yeah so when did indiana make their way into the mix um so that was right after futures games um coach simmons saw me saw me throw and he really liked the way that i threw so um coach simmons and coach glant actually because that's that was his first year that he actually got to uh got to start get to start recruiting with indiana since he was um from triple a yankees uh farm system so that was his first year so he, he started calling me, um, I started calling, or sorry, I started calling him um, on a regular actually after Futures games. So it was about, I don't know, every week, maybe two hours, Zoom calls, stuff like that, and that really intrigued me.
0: Yeah. So how long did it for you to kind of build that relationship with client and for Simmons before they actually decided, hey, like before they after, actually kind of offered you, how long did that process take?
1: I would say, so like I said, I started calling them right after Futures games, and then I would say they offered me um, about a month after that we started talking. And then we were talking like every single every single week, um, weekend for two hours on the phone. You know what I mean? Like we were really getting getting deep in getting. I don't know, like I was getting tours online and stuff like that. And then he was showing me where my fastball played in the zone and stuff like that and where um, I should be locating my pitches and what they do and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So when you're having those virtual tours, is it like, is it Mercer, Simmons, Glant? Who is it? Who's all on the call Is your parents and inv- parents involved, like what's going on in some of those virtual tours?
1: No. Yeah, for sure. Um, my, my parents wanted to be there and I wanted them to be there like along with me um, every step, just so um, like, I know that they're right there and they can hear everything that they're saying in case I miss something or just, just to see like how the coaches are, you know what I mean? Like my, my parents absolutely love the coaches and that's a big that's a big reason why I chose them, because um, I just feel like they are family and their home and how they treat me. So my parents absolutely love that. And um, so then, yeah, they all three of them were actually on the on the phone at all at the same time. So um, it would be Coach Glant, Coach Mercer, Coach Simmons. Sometimes Coach Simmons was on there, but it was usually Coach Glant, Coach Simmons and uh, Coach Mercer all, all on the call.
0: Yeah. so when you were on when you were on those calls on those virtual tours just building that relationship before they offered you and then even after they offered you like was your mindset okay if they do offer me I think I use a spot for me or were you thinking maybe Butler Xavier those other schools you mentioned earlier that they were kind of still in the mix as well
1: so actually I I knew that Butler and Xavier and Wichita State I knew they weren't gonna be in the mix um, just because that's not that's that was, those weren't my type of schools um, nothing against them obviously. Um, I just wanted to go um, Indiana or somewhere other. I also had, after futures, Tennessee and um, Purdue also got in the mix. So Tennessee was obviously up there along with the best of them. So I took a visit, visit to Tennessee, and then I also took a visit to Indiana and Purdue. I just wanted to see everywhere that um, weigh out my options, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So you were talking to Purdue, talking to IU and Tennessee. So as you were going through that, what was your mindset on, okay, well, now maybe this school is ahead of this school for what reason? And then how long did it take you to actually decide, be like, okay, well,
1: I think Bloomington's the place for me. So I would say um, I was like weighing my options with who's committed there. You know what I mean? Like how many left-handed pitchers do they have? How many pitchers in general do they have? How many, how much playing time as a freshman do you get? Um, How close am I with the coaches? Um, is the pitching coach talking to me or is the head coach the only one talking to me? Cause obviously I'm going to be spending a lot more time with the pitching coach rather than the head coach, I would say. Um, and then the campus, obviously campus from Tennessee to Bloomington was, I mean, they're both phenomenal. Um, I went and saw the dorms in Tennessee. Absolutely, absolutely. Like that alone, just put them up there. You know what I mean? Like, like living style and stuff like that. Absolutely incredible. The weight room um stuff like that but then you go to bloomington and their weight room's along top top of the line with the best of them and um they're a beautiful campus and stuff like that so yeah
0: yeah so when you did go on that visit in knoxville what was that visit like like what were they showing you what like what type of vibes you get on campus because obviously i mean tennessee i mean they're continuously ranked top 10 top five of the nation so right. what was that visit like when you went to knoxville
1: so it was actually uh, like a camp right so um so we went, there was probably about a hundred kids there. And then at the end, I, I threw and everyone threw, did their thing. Um, and then they took three players, me and two other kids um, after, and kind of gave them, gave them a little tour of the campus. Um, wrote on, wrote on the golf carts, just absolutely beautiful campus. I was, I was actually really liking that. Cause I'm, I'm kind of like a, I don't know, like out in the country, be by yourself. You know what I mean? So um, that's that was an awesome spot for that. They were just having like, just felt really home. I don't know. It felt like home, but then also, I I wasn't next to my parents and I didn't have any family down there. And I was like, damn, they'll miss me. And I want to see them play in front, or yeah, I want I want to play in front of them and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean Knoxville. I mean, what is that like a seven, eight hour drive? From eight Park? hour. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's a long way. But did you did you end up taking a visit to Purdue as well?
1: I did take a visit to Bur- Purdue. Um, so. We just drove down to Purdue and me and my family we went we just went by ourselves kind of and um, yeah that just wasn't a place for me.
0: Yeah. So how yeah. so how did your visit at Purdue and your visit in Tennessee, how did that compare to your visit in Bloomington? Like what were some different things you were seeing? Because obviously I assume you went on a visit to IU before you actually committed, right?
1: Right. So I went to Bloomington like two times I would say, I think, before I committed and Tennessee once and then Purdue once. Purdue it was just kind of like on my own. I didn't go to like a camp where then they could take me around the campus. So that was kind of like, I just kind of threw it off a little bit because I, I had to direct myself. Um, yeah. And it was just like a long walk every single place. Like it was more spread out. The baseball field was away from the campus and I didn't really um, like that. So then um, baseball or um, Indiana, uh, we went, we did a camp as well. And then we went around, looked at the basketball stadium football stadium um some classes or some yeah where the rooms were and stuff like that weight room and then we went back and then got a presentation kind of presentation kind of thing um, from coach glant and coach merce and that was really awesome and then that was just kind of different because when when we were um in knoxville it was just it was just going around looking at campus it wasn't really like talking to the coaches as, as much as looking just like Tennessee is awesome you know what I mean like they got a lot of stuff to offer but I want to I want to build my relationship with the coaches and um, the campus isn't gonna provide for me like like the coaches will at IU.
0: Yeah so you talk about that glant presentation the presentation they took you through I know when I've talked to Rysdorf before the the freshman hit in there this fall um, I know he said the Glant presentation and the Simmons presentation was just unbelievable hands down what it was. So can you kind of take us through what the types of things they are talking about and what they're showing you during those presentations?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I would say like two hours Zoom calls were a regular for um, me and the, co- the coaches and I um, during the weekend. And that's what really intrigued me. So I would say um, first they would kind of take you around the campus, show you nutrition, where everything is located, um, and then after that, after the campus and stuff, we kind of dug into nutrient. Or uh, I'm sorry, like your like your throwing days and like by months. So kind of you're off this day, and then this is our ramp up stage. This is when the team needs you to get going and stuff like that. So then you can work work around that. Um, and then also they would they would give get me like on the they, he would take. You know how you like PBR has your videos and stuff like that. Perfect game and Prep Baseball Report had videos of you throwing and stuff like that. Um so they would he actually took my video from Prep Baseball Report, PBR, and put it into his pitch tracks and stuff like that. And um actually showed me where my like what my slider's doing, what I call called a curveball at the time, but he was like, No, that's a slider, bro. Um he would tell me what my fastball does. Um me what my changeup is, how I could get that better. And he was just like showing me where my pitches play and then how he would work around hitters um during that bat and like how I should go about that and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. So when you did commit, I mean, from what from what I saw just doing some research, I saw that you I saw that you kind of committed somewhat somewhat early in your career. Obviously, there's people who commit as like before they even play a freshman baseball game, but I mean you did commit somewhat early. So what was your mindset on that as you're deciding between IU? Tennessee and whatever other schools were in the mix what was your mindset on okay maybe do I want to commit early and kind of build that relationship for a long period of time or do I kind of want to wait it out like what was your mindset on that right into actually committing
1: so I was really I was really um, just getting to know the coaches and things like that and I was asking them questions along with them asking me questions so I was like asking like how long is left on your contract stuff like that and really getting to know them and they were like they were saying that IU is the I use their place, and they're not leaving. You know what I mean. So, if I can build a relationship now and keep that going moving forward, then that's gonna better me in my career. You know what I mean. So, um, better better me in my career, and then obviously when I get there, that's really gonna help. Um, just so I can talk to them so easily because I've talked to them so many times. Yeah. And then um, I just really didn't get the get the relationship that I wanted at Tennessee. I kind of felt like a yeah. I just kind of felt like another one of the guys. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. So when you did commit to IU um, you obviously already had a great relationship with, the, with Mercer, Simmons, Glant, um, whoever, just the whole coaching staff as a whole, but since committing, how has your relationship evolved <clears throat> with those guys? Like what's your, right. how often are you talking to those guys now and what, like, just how has it evolved overall?
1: Um, So during, during my bowl season, I would probably, I would call Coach Glant after every, and in, in high school, I would call Coach glant after every single start. Um, every time I pitched, saying what I can work on, how my arms feeling, um, getting rid of my walks, seeing what I can, yeah, just, just I don't know, keeping up. And then I would also ask him questions like, what are the freshmen doing? Like, what am, when I'm getting on the campus, what are they going to be, what would I be doing at this time? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, um, like, I want to know what I would be doing, like getting in the weight room, go playing um, for a different team um like in the what do they do like uh
0: the summer the the like, the, C- like summer
1: leagues stuff yep. like that going to cape cod or something like that um so that's that's what i would be asking uh coach glant and stuff like that but it, it's also harder because you have to have that middleman um like my coach coach hibler would text me um he's like coach glant wants you to call him so then i would call coach glant at this time or this time so
0: yeah, and that that still has to go on for another month, right? Because so, is it September first of your junior year is when you can kind of just call it like freely. Yep,
1: yep. September first is when he can call me, and then I can call him at any time. So that's going to be awesome. You're looking forward to that. I am looking forward to that, not that for to, sure.
0: I having to have the middleman.
1: Yeah, and then I can also text him, and he can text me because well, I'm like I, I can text him, but he can't text back. So that's that's also tough. Yeah.
0: So I mean, Grant and Simmons, or who's who? So who exactly is like the official pitching coach for
1: IU? I coach Grant. Coach it- Glant's the official pitching coach and then Coach Simmons is the rec- recruiting coordinator and then Coach Mercer is the head coach.
0: Okay, and Glant is the one who came from the Yankees AAA, right?
1: AAA system, farm system of the Yankees, okay. yeah.
0: Okay, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure.
1: But since yeah, he so he high- got
0: he brought along
1: a lot of um, new things to Indiana um, along with like all his special, uh, special like pitch tracks and stuff like that. And that really intrigued me, just like everything that he can use everything that he used with the Yankees, he said he wanted it at Indiana and they got it for him. You know what I mean? So,
0: so I mean, since, since he's come to IU, I mean, he's been very successful in draft picks. I mean, Bradley Bremer this year, Reese Sharp, Jack Perkins. I mean, last year, I think there was six, six, six pitchers who are now playing pro ball. So how exciting is that for you to see the type of success use having on the mound, especially with him just coming here these past couple of years, and how he's able going to be able to build on that these next couple of years as well?
1: That's, it's super exciting. Um, I'm very, very interested into seeing what he can do this year and the next couple of years, because like I said, last year was his first year. So he um, that was not like his recruiting guys. And you see like how, how he still made those guys really, really successful. And um, is really turning this program program around. You know what I mean? Like we're Indiana is top, like really good at baseball, but um, last year was kind of like we were right there, like shrinking down a little. But I'm really excited what um, what Indiana can do this year and these next couple of years because these are his recruiting classes, and I think he's really going to turn it around.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to see what's going on. Obviously, I mean the three freshman All Americans this year: Matheson, Pine, Tibbets. I mean, this 2022 class is great. The yep. 23 class is good. Wiggins and all those guys. And then obviously the 24 class is pretty loaded as well. So do you have like, yeah, there's already guys?
1: like, go ahead. What, I'm sorry. Go. What were you saying? I mean, I, I was going to say that there's already like seven, eight guys committed in the 24 class. And um, we are, we text on Instagram or Snapchat or something like that. And we all got, we have like group chats and stuff like that. And um, we're all building a relationship with each other, and I really like our 24 class so far. I think it's. I think we're real loaded.
0: Yeah. So besides the guys in your class in 24, like have you built any other relationships with guys in, let's say the 23? I mean, I know the 2025 class has a couple guys already. Yeah. So, like, have you built relationships with guys who are on the team now, and then even guys who are heading there as well, committed already?
1: Yeah. So I actually have, um, actually have a couple of relationships with like Braden Reisdorf. Um, we're pretty close. I text him a lot and see what he's doing. I like to keep up with his lifting, lifting life. Yeah. Um, he likes, to. I like to that keep... a lot. yeah, he does. He's, he's a big, strong guy. And then, um, I actually, I started going to Mac training here in Southwest Fort Wayne, kind of. So that's where Carter Mathes, Carter Matheson works out. So I've been working out with him for the past week or so. So that's pretty awesome to see. And just like learn from him and talk to him about IU and stuff like that. And then, in the 23 class, um, Andrew Wiggins with the Bulls. Um, we've been we, – we talk a little bit, and I really like him. He's a funny guy. And then in the 25 class – or in the 24 class, obviously, we got Hogan and um, Jake Hanley and stuff like that. So those guys are really cool. And then in the 25s, we got Landon Fry and Eli Bennett. Um, those guys are awesome too. Landon Fry actually goes to my rival school, so um, Snyder. And so – yeah, we joke about that. I actually hit a home run off him last year, so oh. I'll pull that against him.
0: Oh, and you, I mean, with you as a pitcher and he has a third baseman, kind of flipped it around a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I was hitting, he was pitching, so I, I, don't, I don't get to hit a lot of home runs in my career. Yeah, was that, was
0: that your first high school home run?
1: Yeah, it was actually last year. Okay.
0: Hell yeah, going to have to yep. rub that in Landon's face a little bit. For sure, I i, I joke around with it, with him a lot with it. Yeah, I mean, man, that that two six zero connection to Indiana—that's pretty—that's pretty tough. I mean, yeah, that's Jordan, pretty awesome. Madison, yeah. You Fry, I, yep. mean, I mean, even the football team has a bunch of guys going to IU too. So, I mean, it's crazy. But let's let's talk. Let's dig into the Bulls a little bit. So, obviously, you play for the Bulls twenty twenty four class. Um, so, when did you first get connected with the Bulls?
1: Right. So, um, in my fourteen year season, uh, that's when I think I that's when I first joined the Bulls. I was playing for like a local team. Uh, I was playing up in age um, my whole career until I got with the Bulls in my 14th career or my 14th season. Um, I, was, I went down for the trial in Indy. I didn't think that I was going to like like honestly my dad and I and then a buddy from Fort Wayne that was also playing on the Vipers went down just to see like what I was up against you know what I mean like where I stood and I walked out of tryouts feeling pretty good Coach coach got a hold of my dad the minute I was in the parking lot and offered me a spot on the bulls so um that was awesome and it just took off from there
0: yeah so the bulls I mean I know they have the bulls black I mean I guess next year you guys will have the bulls national bulls black bulls white all that so there's multiple there's multiple levels to the bulls so do they just have one big tryout and kind of just go from there or how exactly are the bulls doing their tryouts every year
1: yeah so there's uh like one big tryout um there's like a couple tryouts, I think, and I got a pri- I think I got a private one like with, with like a couple guys, like 15 guys, and then there's like a big one just because I couldn't make the huge, the big one. And then I think the Bulls Black coach gets the – like their their choice of like who they want. Yeah. And then so on and so so forth. Yeah.
0: So who were you playing with before the Bulls up there in Fort Wayne? I was Wayne? playing with the
1: Summit City Vipers from Fort Wayne. So just like a, lo- a little local team.
0: Okay. So with, with them being a local team and the Bulls obviously being kind of – I mean, no one around the nation. Like, what's like? What's the biggest differences that you've seen,
1: um, just overall between both organizations? Um, so I mean, just traveling from state or state to state, and then also the coaches, how they, um, how they hold you more accountable, and um, how they hold you more accountable, but then they also know what they're doing, so they can help you along the way. Like my dad was my coach for a long time. Like he was my he coached with my with a couple other buddies so that was awesome and then I don't know just the things that the, my coach coach Hibbler and coach Farrell know now is and then also like my first year with uh the Bulls was coach Rick Steiner one of like one of the best coaches that I've ever had yeah so
0: you said this year so yeah one, one of your coaches for the Bulls is actually a royal scout right
1: yes so- coach Farrell's a, a scouting director yeah Okay, so
0: what what's it like playing for underneath a guy like that who obviously has the experience working with major league baseball players like what are you what type of questions are you asking him how are you picking his brain and overall just how do, how does he run his organization? how does he run his team just already having that experience with a lot of major league players
1: right so this was his first year for the bulls um, as well so it was actually it was he wanted us to run the team he wanted us to be the leaders and he wanted us to like the players to build their organization. You know what I mean? So we were the ones that um, were, were like picking each other up and stuff like that. So anything that we did were, was obviously reflecting us. So he wanted us to just know that everything that we're doing, we're representing ourselves. So that was, that was pretty cool. So we have to, I don't know. He just kind of wanted us to grow up a little bit. Yeah. And Then um, yeah. Like every game, like I'm a PO, right? So I'm, I'm sitting on, I'm sitting on the bench a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm on the bench with coach Farrell a lot. So every game there's like, there's multiple stories that he's telling from, from his playing career um, to, because I, he got drafted to by, I forget who, but I think it might've been the Brewers. And so he, he's had his good share of playing days and just what they, what they were doing back then compared to now. And um so yeah, like with the with the draft that was just a little bit ago, um, I was obviously asking him like a lot of money questions, a lot of who are you going to sign, um, why, like how many how many times do you have to go watch this guy, and then why do you like him, why not? So um, the more times you play in front of scouts, the more things that they don't like like about you. So you have to you have to keep. Um, you have to get, when you do show out against scouts, you got to, you got to put on your, your best performance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So with this summer kind of being your first summer as a PO, what's that, what's that big difference that you've seen? Obviously you're going down to Atlanta to pitch once, maybe twice. So kind of what's your routine when you're going down to these big tournaments and just kind of experience and being a PO for the first time this summer?
1: Honestly, I, I love being a PO. Um, it's more time that I can focus on myself. Um, and then obviously during the game, I can focus on the team, um, cheer on the team and stuff like that. But before games, I can get right with my arm, um, stuff like that, and my body and feel my body a lot. Um, rather than going and stretching the legs and then hitting and doing stuff like that, I can really stretch, um, focus on my arm, my upper body and my lower body. And then um, and then at game time, you know what I mean? You sit, sit and get cheer on the team. But um, – Um, no, but, but I mean, a lot of preparation goes in to, to throwing, um, with your eating habits during those tournaments, because you cannot be eating fast food every single night. Um, when you're at those tournaments, especially the day before you pitch or two days before you pitch, you've got to get your body, body, right. Drinking, right. So it's usually like a, like a steak or some, some kind of chicken before, before you go pitch the next day. Um and then lots of water. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I know just texting you back and forth this summer, obviously you, the bulls yourself and the bulls have had a pretty good summer. So overall, can you kind of take us through what the summer has been like some of the best moments even maybe some
1: of the low spots you guys had to go through this summer. Right. All right. So I would say probably um, one of the, some of the lowest spots were just um, us battling ourselves, like we're the bulls. Everyone knows who the bulls are. Um, we have to, find like when we're not playing the best of competition at grand park or um somewhere like sometimes our team gets a little lackadaisical or something like that we got to really focus um that we're playing ourselves you know what I mean so we got to show out show out against ourselves and um so just just stuff like that is the little stuff and then I don't know some of my best moments WWBA or um when I was playing against the East Cobb Astros maybe um, shut them out for five innings and then handed that over. That was a huge win. Yeah. I think they only lost like three games this year, so
0: yeah. Um,
1: that was awesome. Yeah, that, that East
0: Cup team 16, you I mean, that's that's a stacked team. They were at the 17 WWE when I was there, and like yeah. Jax Phillips, Bryce Clavon, some other guys. I mean, they're they're a legit team,
1: so yeah. They're that- loaded, so that was awesome. I think I shut them out for five innings and then I got in a little trouble in the sixth inning. Chase Wagner came in, shut the door. I think there was guys on first and second, either zero outs or one out. And he got like two or three punches. So that was awesome. Um, and then we ended up winning that game. And um, that was a legit tournament that I think we fi- finished final four okay. and lost to like top tier Roos. They're actually really good too. And then um, the WWBA was awesome too. Like that was one of our, one of the best tournaments, I think that, or one of the funnest because we stayed in all like in the hotel all together playing a ton of pool um playing like like pool table and then also in the pool you know what i mean so and then there was like a mall right across the hotel so that was awesome i mean those are just the best moments hanging out with the family yeah. um hanging out with the friends and then also watch like watching the all-star game together and stuff like that so so you also got to
0: place bryce Raynor this summer right
1: oh, yeah, so, yeah number one right.
0: player in the 2024 pass. yeah
1: so, so kind, of, kind of take it was like I think- that was like
0: yeah, so box.
1: that was uh that was like I think the first tournament of the year that I was back because um, we got knocked out in section or regionals, and mm-hmm. so I yeah I'm glad I was back for that. Um, I think he was playing. Do you don't remember what he was playing on? Um, I did not. But um, him and like Matthew Champion were playing together. There that was a loaded team, and um, first at bat I kind of worked him worked him backwards a little bit I think um, slider fastball struck him out on slider on three pitches. So that was awesome. Um, second at bat, second at bat, I think I worked a worked a regular fastball, 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 maybe. I think it took me like five pitches to get him out that time, struck him out on a high heater. And then the third time I was dealing, um, bases loaded two outs. I think we're up one, nothing in like the sixth inning. And, um, I think, yeah, I had two outs, I actually intentionally walked the guy in front of me. Um, me being cocky. Uh, not cocky, just... I was like, hey, lefty, lefty, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go get this out right here. And then that was probably at the end of my adding. I was getting up towards 80, 80 and 90 pitches. And <clears throat> I think it was an 2 count. So I was like, I'm right here again. I threw a ball, 1-2 count. And then I was like, I'm going to go get him with this um, slider. I didn't, bur- bur- uh, didn't bury it, and... He had a base hit up the middle, so he he got the best of me on that one. So um, that was also – that was cool, though, learning from my mistakes. Chuck him out two times and him getting a um, two RBI single up the middle. Um, I, I just – I texted him after the game. I was like, you're, you're legit. And then he was like, thanks, thanks man, and stuff like that. So I'm building a connection with those guys as well.
0: Yeah. So when you're facing guys like that, obviously when you're in travel ball, I mean, you're facing hundreds of different players every summer, even in high school as well. So how do you go about some of those top guys? How do you go about facing them? Because obviously you really don't have like a huge scouting report on them, knowing what their strengths and weaknesses are. Right. So how do you go about some of those top guys that you're facing?
1: I would say um, first at bat, I don't know. Like sometimes it depends. Like most of the, most of these top level guys, I would say they're mostly lefties. Like, to be honest, I, most, of the, most of the top level guys that I face are lefties, which really helps me out. I can usually start them with a slider, curveball, and then work backwards. Um, and then they don't know what to come in and then second at bat, it can work backwards again, or I can go um just work them regularly. And I mean that's the beauty. I got like a I got a curveball, slider, fastball, and changeup. So I can I can get them with like a hard slider and then a slow curveball or fastball and then a fastball and then a slider, or like fastball slider curve. So it's just stuff like that. Yeah. You gotta always know what they did before, like last at bat. And then what they might be thinking this at bat because I struck him out or because he got an RBI on this fastball. So it's just stuff to look about, think about. Yeah.
0: So with you being with you being a part of this Bulls program now for a little bit, and the Bulls just being super successful, obviously Lance Lynn, other there's a uh, multiple Major League Baseball players who have came from this Bulls program. With you just being an insider and just seeing what they do on a tournament to tournament base or a day to day base, what do you think's led to their success overall as a program?
1: I would say how loyal everyone is to the bulls. Um, it's, it's hard to see hard to have guys that stick around from year to year to year, because as you know, there's so many national teams now, like there's so many teams around that, um, you just go play for every single team, every single week. You know what I mean? Like this team, this team, this team, but for the bulls, we're on a team and we're on the team, you know what I mean? We're picking each other up. Um, we're doing everything for the team and for ourselves, you know what I mean? Like we're doing what we're doing and what's best for us. So um, I would say, I would say that just the loyalty to the, to the, the Bulls.
0: Yeah. So talking about national teams, obviously that 2023 class with Max Clark, they kind of started the Bulls national team this year. And from talking to RJ and talking to Max, it sounds like your guys' class is going to have a national team as well next year. So yeah, what... it's going to be, yeah. So like, what are you looking forward to most? Like, what's what's that process going to be like? Transitioning from being just the plain bull, not plain, but obviously you guys are great already. But the Bulls Black and just going to a Bulls National where you guys might, you guys have the possibility to possibility to add some top legit
1: guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. We have a ton of pitching right now, and I think most of our guys are sticking together. Um, we're just looking to add a few bats in the order, a few boppers that, um, because. Honestly, what we are missing this year is just those um, consistent guys that could just absolutely hit doubles, triples, doubles, triples, you know what I mean, that would just hit some home runs and stuff like that. We have a lot of guys that will grind out there at bats and get on base, but we just need a couple guys in the middle of the order that will bop. So I'm really looking forward to adding a couple guys. I would love to get um, uh, Jake Hanley or something. Hogan Denny come uh, back, something oh, like that, because okay. they – they, they I, can I, swing it, all right.
0: I love Hogan's game. I would love to see. I would love to see you guys all on a team before you guys had IU.
1: But yeah, I know. He. I don't know. Yeah, I tried to text him, but I don't. I don't know if he's thinking about it or
0: not. You mentioned Hogan Denny, obviously yourself, him, and he, there. You guys are just one of many people in the cl- 2024 class, Indiana, that are just going to some good baseball programs. I mean, the 24 class here in Indiana is just absolutely loaded. So who are some other guys that just fans should be on the lookout for? Obviously playing for the Indiana Bulls, some guys on your team, and just some other guys around the state in your class that fans should be on the lookout for and some legit players to to be on the lookout for.
1: Right. So a a couple committed guys that I would say to be on the lookout for. Um, Definitely definitely JT Steiner. he can absolutely rake, rake behind the dish. Um, and then I would also say um, Bradley Farrell, uh, he chucks it. He absolutely chucks it. And then reached top 94 this year, which is absolutely insane. And then so a couple of uncommitted guys that I think that should be getting a little bit more love are Chase Wagner. Um, he's an absolute bulldog on the mound. Um, he's got a nat- He can spin the ball, that's for sure. And then also Joe Trinari, Bulldog. Um, you don't want to mess with him. Yeah. All
0: right. So let's let's dig into just your high school season a little bit. Obviously, Fort Wayne baseball area, I mean, like we talked about a little bit earlier, I mean, there's a tons of guys from the area going to IU. I mean, the, 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 the area is pretty loaded when it comes to baseball talent. So just dig into your season, this past season at Bishop Linger. How did this season go? Who were some of the good teams you were facing? And just overall, what are you looking forward to most as you head into your junior year?
1: Right. All right. So, I think we had a really, uh, really interesting season, actually. Um, Battle a lot of ups and downs with the team. Um, in the beginning of the year, we didn't have one of our best pitchers. Um, he was actually just out for spring break reasons, Couldn't, didn't have enough practices to make it up. Make it up. Um, and then he came back during the middle of the season. We were, we were looking real good. Um, few inconveniences. Uh, he got He was not with us on the team anymore. He was our, actually our second best pitcher, um, and we, we, I think we really needed, we could have really used him. And then, uh, so so that was unfortunate, but it happens. We we battled through it. New couple guys stepped up. Um, a couple fresh, we had like four or five freshmen this year that really stepped up. Um, and then so yeah, so like like you saying, a couple Indiana guys. We were facing Snyder. They have Brandon Logan, uh, number one number one kid in 2024, class of 2023, five, I'm sorry, class of 2025, and he's going to Vanderbilt, and then Logan Fry is also on that team, so they are, they were both freshmen, they're absolutely loaded. Um, I was pitching against them, lost two to one on, um, I don't know, I I watched Brandon Logan um, in the top of the eighth inning, because we went to extras, and I was, I was, yeah, um, top of the eighth inning after I hit a RBI triple in the bottom of the seventh, or sorry, the top of the seventh. So I walked Brandon Logan top of eighth. Um, sorry, bottom, bottom eight. I'm getting my stuff confused. Bottom eight. And then um, sac fly got him, or sorry, like a pop-up got him to second base because his speed is unreal. And then, um, I don't know, I, I struck a guy out and we threw him to first, we threw it to first base and he got to third base somehow. And yeah. Like it was like a drop third strike and he just like took off and we got the out and then, um, bounced off my catcher's glove and he just his, his, bounced off my catcher's glove and he just got in, got in to score two to one. He's an absolute havoc on the bases. And then, so we lost that one and then the second game of the series, cause they're an SAC opponent. So we played them twice. Um, I hit like a, uh, I think a three run homer off, uh, laying the fry and then we won that game like three to two or something like that was that was another good game so they they're really good and then um some of our some of our like better opponents i would say are that we played were andrean i got okay. i think yeah. i pitched like three innings against them drake bowen took me deep um and then so we lost that game and then we played um, Newcastle, and we got knocked out of knocked out of the regional by them. Okay. Um, I think it was five to four. We scored four in the bottom of the seventh, but just couldn't get the fifth. Yeah.
0: So you guys making it all the way to regionals this year? Obviously, I mean that's something a lot of teams don't do. I mean that's that's pretty a successful season for most teams. So yeah. are you guys? What's the outlook on next season? Are you guys planning on being just as good? Are you guys bringing a lot of players back, or like what? What are you expecting for this upcoming season?
1: So, like I said, we had a lot of freshmen, which that was huge because we don't have a ton of juniors or sophomores. We had a lot of seniors last year that we didn't. We didn't have a lot of senior pitchers, which is, I mean, it works out well now because yeah. we only lost one senior pitcher, and he wasn't like, like, yeah. Um, so, one senior pitcher we lost, um, which I think we can bounce back from that. But a couple, couple like really good hitters, as um, Casey Marbello and Bo Jackway, just a couple of my guys that are going to some like St. Francis and uh, Indiana tech, which is good for around here. You know what I mean? So um, those guys we're going to, we're going to lose, but no, I think, I think in high school baseball, you need pitching. You know what I mean? You need some guys that that will throw strikes and get out. So I think we'll be all right.
0: Yeah. So now with you going through your freshman and your sophomore season, just overall looking back at these past two seasons and looking back at just this summer, what would you say would be tougher when you're facing the elite prospects of your age group Or when you're a 14, 15-year-old kid and you're facing the 17, 18-year-olds in high school, like what what do you say, which aspects of the games would be harder and how do you compare those two levels?
1: Um, I think what would be more difficult is facing the elite talent um, game to game um, and and travel baseball. Just because you don't know, like I would say every single game, there's guys that are at the top, like top of the rankings and that will put on a show, um, game to game in travel ball. You know what I mean? Um, in high school, it's different. You got you got a couple guys that are going to go to the to the to college that's right next to you in like St. Francis Ivy Tech or Ivy Tech, Indiana Tech. You got a couple guys that are going to go there, um, which they're they're good. Like that's college baseball, and not many people make it to college college baseball. So they're actually they're good. And um, I don't know. I would just say travel baseball.
0: So you, I mean, you talking about this past season. I mean, you mentioned a lot of names that you faced. Obviously, Drake Bowen, Brandon Logan, Landon Fry. I'm sure there was a couple other guys you probably faced as well. So out of all those guys, who was the toughest hitter to face this past season?
1: Um, uh, actually, Luke Siren. Um, Luke Siren and Drake Bowen. I, I think Drake Bowen hit a a blue single and then a home run off me, which I think I should. I picked I pick Drake off the first time which I think I should have got him out the first time um but then I just tried to throw a fastball right I got got him in like a two-two count I tried to gas one up and he took me yard um and <laughs> that second at bat but um Luke Siren he's going to um Ivy Tech or no St. Francis I'm sorry I'm going to St. Francis first pitch of the or er, sorry uh we were playing Northrop Fort Wayne Northrop and um they first first batter of the game he was their leadoff hitter and their pitcher He's a real good athlete. Um, he took me yard uh, two two count first pit, first batter of the game just hit a home run off me, and then I didn't give up any more runs after that. But he did hit two more singles off me up the middle, and then I think I had I faced him like a fourth time and kind of struck him out on that one. But he really he hit the ball hard hard off me all uh, all four time or three times. So,
0: so you mentioned guys that are going to Ivy Tech and Saint Francis, obviously. That's not like Big Ten baseball, but it's still legit baseball. No. I, mean, yeah. you got, I mean, St. Francis' year had Tanner Gaff signed with the Twins. Uh, the Ivy Tech had Matt Peters signed with the Cubs. Yeah. So, with both of those guys being from the four-way area, like, do you know Tanner or do you know Matt at all?
1: I do know Matt because he did go to Bishop Dwinger, um, went to my school. And then, hey, um, I actually had a really awesome story. If you don't know that, I think you should probably go um, look up Matthew, Matthew Peters' uh, um story because that's incredible. So yeah. So
0: his his, his sto- like I've been told a little bit about his story, but I don't know like fully. Like wasn't he like he was at Ivy Tech and then yep. all of a sudden like he was hitting like 101, one like 102 and like he started right getting-
1: so like in high school he was like what 5'6, 140. Um he had a growth spur spurt in his like uh senior season. Um didn't play at all though like didn't even play his senior day. Um so that was that was tough on him. Um and then he went to Indiana or Ivy Tech, started hitting 101, 102, or yeah, 102. Um, jumped up to like six six two, six three, and it's like two ten, I think, two twenty. And yeah. absolutely he's, he's a man. Yeah.
0: I mean he signed he, I mean, he got drafted by the Cubs, so obviously right. they they've got something going on there. Yep. I'm excited to see what happens there. But let's let's move on to more of your on-the-field play. So when you're on the pitcher's mound. So your starting pitcher right now for the Bulls and for Bishop Dwinger, but have you talked to Glant and Simmons at all? Um, about possibly what's going to happen once you head to IU. Like, do you think you're going to be a starter or a reliever? Like, have they? No, I'm just
1: know? I'm just trying to be the best that I can, so then I can be a Friday night starter, um, Saturday Saturday starter, Sunday. starter. I want to be a starter. Um, I think that's what I want to do. And I mean, wherever wherever they place me, though, I just need to make the most of my of my opportunities. You know what I mean? Of course. So what
0: what what exactly are you throwing right now? Obviously, you got the fastball. You said you got the slider. So what are the different? Yep.
1: Places? So. So, fastball's been up to 91. We got the slider in there for, I would say that's gonna be my out pitch here in a little bit. Um, probably one of my better pitches for sure. Um, Curveball that we get just a little bit slower, um, more 11 5 action rather than um, nine, 9 6, 9 4 um, with my slider or something like that. Um, and then a changeup, which I'm still, like, I my changeup used to be, like, I used, to, my dad only let me through a fastball throw a fastball and change up until I was 14 15 years old which um was really good for me I think really good for my arm as well so yeah. I would only throw a fastball changeup, and that was my changeup was really really good and then once I started throwing a curveball and a slider I just kind of lost feel for it a little bit so um that's just I really need that fourth pitch in there just to throw people off and get into the look rather than coming into a righty um go away from go away from a righty once in a while you know, you know what I mean
0: I mean, that's definitely a smart move by your dad. I mean, growing yeah. up, whenever I was like a 12, 13 year old, and I would always see these guys trying to throw knuckleball, well, knuckleballs is just a little different, but still like trying to throw like a slider or, or whatever. I was just like, like, I mean, you're going to like, I still look at it nowadays and I'm just like, why are these little kids trying to throw sliders? I mean, this is why guys in the major leagues never hit 160 innings a season. Yeah, oh, for sure. Actually- I was talking to my dad about that last night because we were talking about the 2003 Cubs. I mean, you're a Cubs fan, right? You and yeah, I'm a Cubs fan. Yeah, so in 2003 when Dusty Baker had Big Z, Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood yeah. all throw like 250 innings, and now there's like one pitcher every season in the whole major leagues that throw 200. I mean, yeah, we're talking about the big differences. And I think a big part of that is all these guys in, in Little League, I mean, they're throwing all these innings as little kids. They're trying to have different pitches when they're 12, 13 years old. So I, I think that, I think that was a really smart move by your dad. Right. But, um, so would you say the changeup's probably the biggest, the pitch that you might, you think needs the most work at this point? Yeah,
1: that, I think I really, when I'm, um, so yeah, I'm going to take two months off here in a little bit after area code. And then um, I'm, when I get back, start, like, I start back up like right after Thanksgiving. So I'm going to start really working on my change-up and then my two seam as well.
0: Okay. So when you're, so are you trying to add any other pitches at this point, or are you kind of just going to work on the pitches you have already?
1: Nah, I'm definitely not gonna try to add too many more pitches. Or definitely I don't know, probably not right now. So two same, just develop that a little bit more and then my changeup really get that to fall off the table.
0: Okay. So in the past, when you have tried to add those other pitches, so you talk about the curveball, the slider, how do you go about adding adding a new pitch? Because I know some pitchers are different about it. Like they have superstitions of, well, I'm not gonna do it in season, I'm gonna do it in the off season. Um so how do you how did you go about adding a couple new pitches um later on
1: in your career? Right. So I got with coach um coach Tom Held. And he's from Defiance, Ohio, and he's really known for, like, his curveball grips and stuff like that. Like, he he really gets guys thrown a banger. So I actually went with him, and um, he's probably – he's, like, my pitching coach now. So I send him videos of what I need to work on and stuff like that, and he tells me that – he tells me the stuff I, I need to work on. So I'm really thankful for him. And he actually got me, like, with my grip. And he was getting me, like, a 12-6. And just, cat, like, over time, I just uh, just developed to 11 four or 11, 11, five, I'm sorry. And so it's kind of like a, like a, I don't know, like a little bit of an 11, five rather than a 12, six now. And then um, also when I was, I don't know, coach Hibler. also um, when I was working with him during season, he was saying how I can like drop down a little bit, grab my arm slide just a little bit and get get, throw a really good uh, slider. So that's, I was just working that in the bullpen. I wouldn't really work it in games, but Um, I don't mind working my pitches in games, honestly.
0: Yeah. So you talk about coach Hibbler, the guy from defiance, and then Mac training as well. You talked about a little bit ago. So how do you get connected with some of these guys and and start
1: training with them? All right. So I kind of, um, I saw uh, in Fort Wayne, I saw, um, what's his name Uh, Carter Matheson, sorry, working with Mac training. And I was like, um, that'd be a very good place to go. So I went in there for like, um, just to see what it was all about. He went, ran me through some testings um and then he kind of put like a program together for me for my arm and stuff like that um so he's real like athlete specific type of workout not rather rather than um power lifting and stuff like that so i really like that it's more speed agility and then pitcher work power and stuff like that yeah so that's awesome and then coach gibler he was just like kind of the coach um coach for the bulls and then i really grew close with him um Futures games when he was the coach and then um just he's the one that I can always go to to call like if I ever need anything and stuff like that
0: yeah so if you were a scout watching your game so this can be in the dugout and this can be on the mound as well what would be your personal scouting report on yourself
1: um that he's a really good teammate um he plays with a lot of passion um has a has a pretty good fastball and um can can uh Play off, play the slider, play off the slider, so stuff like that. And then also big frame, 6'4, 220. Um, I think that's, I don't know, I think that's good.
0: Yeah. So I was, you head to IU's campus here in a couple of years, still got two more years of high school ball and one more summer of travel ball. So, what are some of the biggest things you're wanting to work on um, just in your game and maybe even as a person before you head to IU's campus um, in 2024?
1: Right, for sure. I want to build more stamina up on the mound so that's more running um, agility and then just um, endurance up on the mound so I can go six, seven, eight innings. Um, and then I also want to, obviously, I'm saying I'm working on my changeup. Um, and then, um, I don't know. Yeah, that's about it. Okay.
0: So, obviously, you're from Fort Wayne and Indiana, well, in the state of Indiana doesn't have a major league baseball team. So, yep. I guess we talked about it a little bit ago, but you're a big Cubs fan. So when did you get connected with the Cubs? Like how, how, like what made you become a Cubs fan?
1: Right. So when I was, so right when I was born, uh, my dad, huge Cubs fan, huge Cubs fan. Um, So I don't know. We have a, we had a pretty cool basement where um, it was kind of like a man cave a little bit where my dad would like to hang out with me. Um, He would just, I don't know. I would just be laying on him. Obviously, I was a baby and just watching the Cubs game. He said, I would just, he said, I would just watch the Cubs. Like, honestly, and yeah. then, so I think, I think that's what got me into baseball. I would just sit there and then watch, watch the game. And then obviously in the backyard, he would take me out hitting balls, um, stuff like that. When he actually thought I'd be a hitter, but look at how that how worked.
0: <laughs> so was, was your dad a pitcher or was he a hitter back when he played ball?
1: My dad was a hitter and a catcher. So he still catches me to, to this day.
0: Okay. That, I mean, that's, that's perfect for you. Just be like, yeah. hey, dad, you want to catch me here in, the, in the backyard for a little bit.
1: I'm getting, I'm getting a little too fast for him. He says, now his eyes are getting bad. He says, but yeah. Yeah.
0: I talked, to, I talked to your dad for like 20 minutes during that in goal. Like what the game. Yeah. Did I mean, I, that was the first time meeting your dad. He was a cool dude, but yeah. Um, that, that's, that's cool to have a dad that can uh, knows the knows the game that well. For sure.
1: Um, he's actually caught a couple of draft picks when he went to Concordia. Um, a guy that went to Clemson and then a guy that got drafted a couple of times. Uh, I forget his name Matt Rita Maybe no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Rita, Rita. I forget his name though.
0: Okay, so what what year did your dad graduate high school? Because my dad my dad faced some guys from the Fort Wayne area who uh, ended up being going pro. Do you do you know? Oh, him? I have no, no idea. No? no, no, no. How how old is your dad? If he doesn't dad is, you doesn't mind telling the telling the telling the whole world, my dad is forty three. Forty three. All right. Well, ask your ask your, So that's, that's a couple years younger than my dad. Ask your dad if he's ever played against Ray Moon. Some All right. We got drafted by the Reds. My dad said anytime my dad faced him, he's got absolutely blown up by this dude. Really? So you got to gotcha. you ask your dad if he ever played against Ray Moon because it was okay. from, it was like south or central Fort Wayne or something. So for you got sure. to ask your dad about him. But you do have one more travel event this summer. We obviously, going yep. to Area Code here in a couple of weeks. Yep. So what are you looking forward to most? And then how did you get connected with the Area Code games?
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm looking forward – I don't know. I'm looking forward – um most to um being all be around being around all those top level guys learning um learning from the guys i don't know the guys that are um just like all that top talent like all those guys being around in one place you can really ask around see where all those guys are from because it's really like the whole united states that are going there you know i mean all the top top levels from every single state so um there's a bunch of states that are on the midwest there's like 16 states that represent the White Sox and um, the Midwest. So I would, it's going to be really fun to see where everyone's from and then what they do and how they go about the game. Yeah. And um, yeah. But so
0: do you do you have teammates right now, or do do you do you know some of the guys you're going to be teammates with when you go down when you go to the area? Yeah.
1: So there's actually three guys from Indiana. It's going to be me, Bradley Farrell, and Jack Brown. Um, Jack Brown is number two player in Indiana, and then Bradley's number one. And um, Jack's, Jack's a really good player. I think he, he's going to go two-way to be to Louisville. Oh, really? And, yeah.
0: I see. I thought he was just going as a pitcher.
1: No, Jack, Jack can swing the bat, man. And then um, Bradley's up to 94, like I said, going to Kentucky. And so I know those guys. And then I've been, I've been doing I, – I don't know. I looked, I looked at all the other guys up on perf, or, uh, PBR and see, seeing where they're from and stuff like that. And then um, – so that's going to be fun. And then I got, re- I got, uh, I got connected. Um, the White Sox scout actually came and watched my, watched me pitch when I was at grand grand park. Um, so that was, that was cool.
0: Yeah. So moving on just to some off the field stuff, obviously I just got a couple more questions for you. And when yep. I do, when I end off the podcast, I kind of just like to talk about some off the field stuff. Yep. So when you're not playing baseball and you're just in your hometown, Cherubusco Fort Wayne area, like what are some favorite, like, so what are some of your passions beyond the baseball field that you, that you like to do?
1: So I like going to the lake with my cousins. Um, they got a nice lake house up on Lake James. Um, that's real fun. Go tubing, jet skiing, stuff like that. Um, I live a little, I don't know, I got like 60 acres out on the farm. So, um, I'm going to get horses in a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, still breeding, uh, somewhere. And then we got, um, I like to fish and, um, Hunt, 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 shoot some stuff.
0: So are these are these new hobbies or are these? Yes. Okay. So nah, let's talk
1: about
0: it's funny that you said bit.
1: that. Yeah, I, do, so I, just to, I just moved to Cherubusco and my cousins are big farmers and they're getting me into some of this fishing and hunting stuff. So okay. I, guys- I'm picking up on it a little bit. You guys bought that four-wheeler yet? <laughs> no, no, we don't got four. We got the gator.
0: Okay, okay. Well, I mean, gator. I mean, gators go fast too. I mean, that's fun. but what was, what was that like going from being in Fort Wayne? Were you like in a suburb where you got, like, where, like, what was that lifestyle like compared to now being in Cherubusco for a little bit and just. Right. So
1: I was in a, I was in a neighborhood, a lot of houses around. You couldn't, I don't know. If I was going outside, I would ride a bike around my neighborhood, run around the neighborhood. Um, Now I can go outside, Uh go anywhere I want, you know, run around the property, stuff like that. And I don't know. It's just kind of like free terrain up, free terrain around here. You can do what you want. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really like it. It's like 20, 20, 30 minutes back to the, back to the um, uh, city. So that's awesome. Can still hang out with my friends. Obviously still going to go to the same school stuff like that. So I really like it out here.
0: So is that 60 acres? Is that more grassy? Is it cornfield or is it woods? Like what exactly is it?
1: Nah, so I would say it's more half and half of woods and grassland. So and then we got like we got two ponds and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Okay.
0: And you don't you don't you didn't you say you have a pond that's that is the IU logo?
1: Yeah. So I think funny story before the guy that lived before here, I think he lost a bet with a Purdue fan that said if you had to like uh, if you lost, you had to get like an IU pond because I think he was like a Purdue fan, obviously. So um, that's yeah. So in the front yard, there's a big old like when driving through a US 33 and there's like a big old pond, IU pond that you can maybe see.
0: So it works out perfect.
1: Yeah. It does work out perfect. <laughs> it's meant to be, but
0: um, yep. just another, one other thing. So I know since I've been texting you back and forth a little bit, just talking about games, one term you always like to use was I'm about to go shove or yeah, yep. shove day or something like that. Yep. So how did that term get started? And overall, like, like, just over, like, how often do you say it in the dugout? I, I don't know. Every time
1: I pitch it, I'm like, I'm, I'm about to go shove boys And, I don't know it's just kind of like a joke with my team, stuff like that. Uh, they're like, I need to shove it today, you know what I mean? So, um, just kind of stuck around BT Shove Day. We got, I don't know, people at school they always call me uh, B Town and Thomas, going to Bloomington, makes sense, you know what I mean? So, that was kind of like one of my nicknames around school. Um, and then uh, B Town about a shove, you know what I mean? So, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was, I was texting about, I, don't, I can't remember what it was. It might've been about Bryce Rainer or something. You're like, bro, I absolutely yeah. shoved him. And I was like, man, that is, <laughs> I love that. I don't know how it got, yeah, started. But a, I love that.
1: That's uh, exactly what it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh, one last question before, before we ended off is obviously NIL, that's a big thing that I, I really enjoy just because I'm trying to be an agent, stuff like that. And you have the possibility here in a couple of years to capitalize on NIL once you do head to Bloomington and go to IU's campus. So when that does happen in the fall of 24, what would be one dream brand that you would love to work with? Wilson. Wilson. Okay, well, okay. Let's Wilson. Let's. Okay. move back to those just a little bit. Besides Wilson, Nike, and all those, what okay. would be
1: a dream brand? Mm. So are you talking about like, uh, like clothing
0: or? It can, be, like- it can be clothing. It can be a baseball. It could be a, a different type of baseball equipment. Whatever, a restaurant, whatever it is, as long as it's not like, the Nike and Wilson. I have okay, to, okay. I have to change that question though, because I get too many Rawlings, Wilson
1: plugger. Really? I get all those, those all the time. So I got to yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe like, uh, maybe like, um, Homewood, uh, it's kind of like, I just love their bats. Like, even though I'm not a hitter, I just absolutely love their hitter, their bats, stuff like that. Because a couple of my guys are a couple of guys on my team are from, um, the region. And that's kind of like the region, the region's bat, like everyone from the region goes there, gets their bats. And they actually get like last year when I was actually like hitting a little bit, they gave me one of their bats um, just to try out and stuff like that. So I, I really love their bat.
0: Yeah. Homewood. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to check that out. I mean, I know yeah. they're heightened bat company, which I've partnered with here on the podcast, but Homewood, I'll have to look them up as well. Yep. All right, man. That's all the questions I got for you. Podcast awesome. is over. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I mean, I know we talk about we talk all the time about different like you pitching and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, I guess best of luck this. Thank you. So just thanks for coming on the show.
1: Yep. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: And that's gonna do it for episode number one hundred here on the JKR podcast. Great first episode of the weekend. We got three more coming up. We've got Jay Slee, two thousand twenty four Notre Dame baseball commit. RJ Cromarty, another twenty four Notre Dame baseball commit. And then to round it off on Sunday, we've got Bradley Farrell. Kentucky baseball commit. Also for the class of 2024, all four of these guys' teammates on the 2024 Indiana Bulls black. About to be Indiana Bulls scout. So, uh, really great weekend here coming up. Uh, we got a full three weeks of nothing but Indiana Bulls content. All these guys on the 24 class. Got a couple guys in the 25 class as well. Um, so, just keep digging in, keep tuning in. I uh, appreciate all the support so far here, all the way up to episode number 100. Got bigger things even coming, so just be on the lookout for that. For any more updates on the JKR Podcast, make sure you go check out our website. It's going to be www.jkrpodcast.com. And then our social medias are going to be at jkr underscore So check those out, tune in, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and here we go.